Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is name, N-A-M-E. Oh, you can spell, huh? You bet your life. Really? It's Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood and brought to you by the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers. The dealers who have on display the outstanding DeSoto Automatic with fully automatic power flight transmission and the all-new Plymouth, your best buy in the low-priced field. And now, here he is, the one, the only... I'll fight Marciano for every nickel he's got. Well, here I am again with $1,000 for one of our couples. You know, we invited some uh, girls from a fan club you did. to the did show. Did your wife know about this? Well, this is for you. Uh, oh, for me. Said, yes, and we selected, one to... <laughs> we selected one to be on the show just before we went on the air, and her name is Miss Sheila Pugh, and her partner has a very interesting story. Give me story. that again. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her partner has an interesting story. Uh, he's Mr. John uh, Burgoyne Ely. Mm-hmm. And I'd like these people now to come in and meet Groucho Marx. You would. Yeah. Folks? Welcome, folks, for the DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Say the secret word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you always have with you. Let's see, John Burgoyne Ely and uh, Sheila Pugh. Eh? Well, you make a very attractive couple. <laughs> Let's see what you have in common. Sheila, what is, what is your age? I'm 16, Groucho. You're 16? 16. Johnny, how old are you? 84. 84, well... You make a very attractive couple. <laughs> the man should be a little older, you know. <laughs> Johnny, uh, what was your full name again? John Burgoyne Ely. That's an English name, isn't it, John? Yes, sir. Yeah. Are you from England, uh, John? Uh, originally, I came from Normandy. Normandy? That's in France, isn't it? Well, I believe so. This was in 1066. Tell us something about your ancestors. They, they sound <laughs> illustrious. Uh, are they? Well, when William the Conqueror conquered England, he took the first John Hiley of record with him as his treasurer of the household. And John Hiley's son was treasurer of the realm. His grandson was Lord High Sheriff of London. So I suppose I'm the 45th Duke of Normandy. Well, were you ever married to Barbara Hutton? <laughs> I wasn't that kind of a duke. I was a poor duke, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, being a duke, Johnny, which one of these big English castles were you born in? Mm, I was born in a shack in Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas? Arkansas? What were you doing there? I was getting born. <laughs> well, it's like Shack and the Beanstalk, huh? <laughs> Sheila, what was it Fenneman said you were besides a girl? I am the international vice president of the official Gordon McRae fan club. That's one of the largest in the world, Groucho. Gordon McRae? Oh, I know him very well. He's a great performer. I admire him a great deal, too. Isn't he the fellow that makes his living getting shot out of a cannon? Groucho, you know as well as I do that he's one of the greatest singers in the country. What about the city? (laughs) 
Well, he, actually, he's one of my favorite singers. Okay. He's on the Railroad Hour or something, isn't Right, he? Monday nights on NBC. Now, Mr. Ely, uh, would you like to belong to her fan club? Well, yes, I like singing. I'm a musician. You are, huh? Well, who is your favorite star, Theda Barry? Oh, no, Jack Benny. Jack Benny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Present company accepted, of course. Yeah. It's all right. You made your faux pas. Let, uh, <laughs> let it lay there. Why do you like Jack Benny, of all people? <laughs> he paid my first year of college tuition. <laughs> I thought he was 39 years old. He is. Well, all this nonsense about Benny being stingy is just part of his act, then, huh? Oh, yeah. Actually, he's one of the most generous men in show business. I think so. Mm -hmm. Sure. When is. did Benny pay your college tuition, John? In the days of William the Conqueror? <laughs> no, that was two years ago when I got through with John Muir. What college did you attend? Uh, do you attend now? UCLA. Oh, UCLA. I saw you play in the Rose Bowl against Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was on the pep squad. Oh. <laughs> I used to write poetry for them. What are you studying now, uh, John? Music and drama. Mm -hmm. What kind of music are you interested in? Uh, classical, semi-classical music. Uh -huh. Like Gordon McRae kind of stuff, huh? The, uh, he sings real He-Man songs. You oh, know. Really? Well, I like He-Man. The man wind on. in your face and everything. You know. I like He-Man on it. She-Women. Yeah. Well, you said you got the sexes straightened out there. <laughs> well, you make a very attractive couple, and I hope you'll be very happy together. Now it's time to play You Bet Your Life. Now all you have to do is win more money in the quiz than our other couples, and you'll get a chance at the big money later. You selected biblical quiz, and remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. Now, uh, what do you want to start with? Let's start with a $50 question, Betcha. What is the popular time for this biblical statement? All things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. That's the golden rule. Yes, you? it is. That's oh. the golden rule. On your way with $50. 70 What yeah. do you want, a $70 one? Or yeah. $30? 70 is fine, Roger. 70 all right. On what famous mountain did Moses receive the Ten Commandments? Sinai. Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is right. <laughs> I'll have $120. Now, which one do you want? 80 $80? What was the name of the mountain where the ark landed? <gasps> oh, golly. Mount Ararat. Mount Ararat is right. <laughs> you now have $200. And it's your last chance to be the other couples. What are you going to go for? 100 or 100 You want to try it? Yeah. Pretty sure you can get it. All right. <laughs> I'm not sure I can. Uh, Come on, kids. Okay, 100 100 what is the shortest book of the Old Testament? Do you know that? I know the shortest verse. No, the shortest book. Gone. No. Obadiah. Oh, dear. Never went That's a it. tough one. But you took a $100 question. That's a tough one. And you wound up with $200. Well, thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers.
year, DeSoto is automatic with power flight drive that's the best. Folks, if you're looking for real driving pleasure, you'll find it in the new DeSoto Automatic equipped with power flight, America's finest fully automatic transmission. Power flight gives you the smoothest, quietest, fastest acceleration you've ever experienced. You see, DeSoto fully automatic power flight transmission was designed and built to carry out your sudden orders quickly, quietly, smoothly. It's truly no clutch, no shift driving at its best. No wavering, no fluttering. Power flight gives you smooth, even, fast acceleration. The kind of lightning fast acceleration and getaway you need on the steepest hills or in a sudden emergency. You'll find that in the city or on the highway, DeSoto Power Flight Transmission makes driving easier, safer, and much less tiring. So, for a new driving thrill, for a new experience in driving comfort, get behind the wheel of a DeSoto Automatic equipped with DeSoto Fully Automatic Power Flight Transmission. Stop in at your DeSoto Plymouth dealer tomorrow. Once you've seen the smart styling of the new DeSoto Automatic, once you've thrilled to its wonderful performance, you'll know why the new DeSoto Automatic puts you ahead automatically. For the finest car yet, you should drive, you should get the DeSoto All right, George, who's next? Just before we went on the air, Groucho, our studio audience selected Miss Patricia Crane. Her partner is a man with an interesting occupation, Mr. Harry Lauren. So, folks, could you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx? Well, welcome. Welcome to your bet your life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Miss Patricia Crane, that's you, I presume, huh? You're a very charming girl with a cute squint. I'd say you were about 23, is that right? Thank you. I'm afraid 27, I'll have to admit. Well, you don't have to. You can lie up here the same as I do, huh? <laughs> Are you Fahirat? For what? Are you married? Oh, uh... <laughs> I thought I was in violin. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're not married? Well, you should be. Young, charming girl. Where are you from? Well, I'm from a small town near Salt Lake City, Utah. In fact, it's called Cottonwood Canyon. Oh, well, that's a very pretty name, isn't it? And you're Harry T. Lochran, huh? Uh, Is that the way you pronounce it? Lauren, that's close enough. I've been called Langhorn, Laughlin, Mix Laughlin, and lots of... Longhorn is a, that's a steer, isn't it? That's from Texas. Yes, yeah. Sir. That's where I come from. Well, there was a Lachlan. There was a light heavyweight champion. You're not him, huh? No relation, Groucho. No. Were you ever in the ring? <coughs> no, I've never been in the ring. No. Big enough, you could afford Jeffries and Dempsey and John O'Sullivan. You like that, huh? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a nice, pleasant prospect I laid out for you there. <laughs> if you'd have taken it up, you'd have been laid out there. <laughs> well, I'll call you Harry. That's simpler, huh? Although the name is Lachlan. I don't care what you call it. Now, Pat, I'm sorry I've been neglecting you. You're real cute. It won't happen again. It's not like me. <laughs> Why were you chosen tonight? Do you have an unusual job? Well, at the present, I'm working for the Hughes Research and Development Laboratories, but my last job was quite unusual. I was with the uh, Special Activities Division of the Army. Oh. Were you a whack in the Army? No, I was a civilian rec director. You were a rec director? <laughs> what did you do? Did you direct GIs to the hospital after they came back from a two-day pass? Well, actually, the term is uh, shortened for recreation director. I see. 
The, uh, Why didn't they just call you a hostess or something simple? Well, we had been called hostess, but uh, it sounded a little bit like dime a dance or something like that, and the uh, commanding general felt that it wasn't dignified enough. So he The general wanted dignity, yeah? That's right. He's right. There's one thing a G.I. looks for in a girl is dignity. <laughs> I'll bet when the general dictated that order, his secretary was probably sitting on his lap at attention. <laughs> Harry, I forgot to ask you, what sort of work did you do after you quit the ring? Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a field deputy for Supervisor Burton W. Chase. I uh, formerly was uh, out at Compton in politics. I, I had the first position there in the planning commission, then I was on the housing authority, then I stepped over to the school board, I was president of that, postmaster, then elected mayor, and I found out that it only paid $40 a month, so I resigned and come to Los Angeles with the supervisor. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if somebody offered you a big place, would you fight again, Harry? I believe so. You <laughs> you lots of luck the next time you enter the ring. Well, you're certainly a nice twosome. Particularly you, Pat, and uh, and you too, Harry. And me. And I'd like to pursue this conversation, but it's time to play your bet your life. You win more money than our other couples, and you'll get a chance at the big money later. In the race for the $1,000, the first couple, John Burgoyne Ely and his partner, won $200. And the secret word is name. Now, let's see how much you can make. You selected food quiz. And remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. Now, uh, what one do you want? A $10 one? 50 190 We'll try a 30 A 30 Okay. What kind of a fruit is a green gauge? Plum. All right, plum. Plum, you're plum right, huh? Now I have $30. What is it, kids? Well, let's take a $50 and All see right. what 50. he's got there. What is the correct name for the small bulbs of garlic used in seasoning? What is the correct name for the small bulbs of garlic? Ooh, you it is cloves. Oh. You that's, still have $30, however. That's a new one on me. Now what do you want to try? Mm. You, you Let's try another one. Let's take 60. 60? If sauerkraut was cabbage before it was sauerkraut, what was hominy before it was hominy? Corn. Corn. That's right. Corn is right. You now have $90. And it's your last chance to beat the other couples. What question do you want to go for? Let's try the 100. Oh. 100? We'll try. What do you call the plants similar to mushrooms that grow a few inches below the surface of the ground? They are especially popular in France. T-R-U. Oh, truffles. Truff F-F-E-L-S. That's right. Truffles is right. And you wind up with $190. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Thanks. Now, before we proceed, I have a letter here I want to read. The Groucho Marx, NBC Hollywood. Dear Groucho, last week you made a point of heckling Mr. Fenneman because he didn't know what ecomium meant. I looked it up in the dictionary, and there is no such word. <laughs> it's encomium. 
and it means high praise. George has the last laugh. Uh, signed, Bruce Final. <laughs> Abject applause. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was enconium. I just left out there with N, that's all. <laughs> Say, it's an achievement to even know ecomium, isn't it? <laughs> all right, George, forget the encomiums and tell us who's next. Well, Groucho, we have some people with interesting stories, and I think they're ready to come out. Mrs. Elizabeth Burrow and Professor Lou Girdler, would you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx? Welcome, welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you always have with you. Elizabeth Burrow and Professor Lou Girdler. Eh, Mrs. Burrow, I'll start with you. Where are you from, Shorty? Uh, Mrs. Uh... Glasgow, Scotland. Glasgow, Scotland, eh? Yeah. Near oh. Clyde Bank. Uh, Clyde Bank, yeah. That's where they uh, build the ships, isn't it? Yes, sir. How long ago was this? <laughs> well, it was 62 years ago. 62 years, eh? Yeah. <laughs> How long since you left Scotland? About 44 years. Mm-hmm. What caused you to leave the locks and rills, Elizabeth? Uh, well, did they uh, just think because you were 18-year-old Scot you should be exported? Well, no, I had a sister a here. A devious joke. <laughs> I had a sister here who was happily married, and I thought, I'd like to come to America. Maybe I would meet a nice man and get married, too. Mm-hmm. Professor Geidler, uh, where are you from? La Grande, Oregon. Oh, at which of our institutions of higher learning do you do your professing? I'm at Arizona State College in Tempe. Mm-hmm. What brings you to Hollywood, Prof? Don't they have co-eds at Arizona State? Or are you just playing a little hooky? <clears throat> they or don't. it say in Scotland, hooky? <laughs> Is that the way you say it? That's right. Hooky. They don't have research libraries in Arizona, and I'm doing literary research in the backgrounds of English neoclassicism. I'm studying the Greek and Latin classics like Livy and Sallust and Ovid and people like that, particularly Latin neoclassicism and in philosophy. In uh, the continental rationalists like Descartes and Spinoza and the... You touch Racine at all? I don't mean Wisconsin. (laughs) Racine was not a philosopher, Groucho. What was he? He was a playwright principally and critic. Don't mention critics around here at all. <laughs> now you, and you teach what, English? Uh, yes, I'm a professor of English. Mm-hmm. No wonder I didn't dig you, Doc. We don't, speak, <laughs> we don't speak the same language. Are you familiar with the word encomium? Yes. I listen to this program, too, you know. Uh, and have you learned anything? A great deal. You didn't learn enough not to go on this program. <laughs> I've always been anxious to meet you, Groucho. Uh, well, I'm flattered. I think that since the passing of the late George Bernard Shaw, you have some claim to being the leading wit in the English-speaking world. You may use that as an advertisement. If you don't win any money here tonight, it won't be my fault. (laughs) The first question may conceivably be, spell cat. (laughs) Betsy, let's get back to you for a minute, dear. I'm always interested in what people do for amusement, uh, Elizabeth. I think I know what the professor does. He makes up words, but what do you do? Do you have any hobbies? Well, I have a lot of fun with the Pioneer Gals. 
I used to have a lot of fun with them, too, you know. <laughs> Until they started uncovering those covered wagons. <laughs> what are the pioneer girls, Elizabeth? Well, a small band of middle-aged women, and we have different instruments and have a lot of fun. We entertain the veterans in the hospitals mostly. We never made any money, but the boys made them happy, and that was the main thing. Well, what instrument do you play, Betsy? Washboard. <laughs> you must be on the scrub team, eh? Yeah. Does this outfit have any other strange instruments in it, like a violin or a piano? Oh, yes, we have all of those, and we have uh, all things made. We had one made out of gas. We made it out of a gas pipe, and, um, and then we had a little drum with a string that we zing with. And, uh, could you sing for us now? No, I can't sing. I played the drums. Oh. You play the drums? Well, I did. I haven't been practicing for a while. But... Well, unfortunately, we, we do have drums in our band. Would you, would you knock out something for us on the drums? Well, if the audience can take it, I'll try. Well, I was afraid. I, I tell you what you do. You come on down with me, and we'll see what you can do. We go down to the orchestra pit here, huh? And look, why are we going down there? Could you entertain the audience with the, the soliloquy from Hamlet or something like that? A few stanzas of Lovelace? The opening of the third soliloquy might be appropriate. All right. Well, could, could you give us that? And we'll... He's going plan. to uh, recite the third soliloquy from Hamlet. And now I am alone. Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave. Is it not monstrous that this player could so force his soul as to convince that a Alexander's ragtime band? Little Alexander's ragtime band. How are you doing up there? <laughs> Let's go. Betsy, that was beautiful, I'm sure. CBS will be happy to learn there's nothing left of NBC except a few tangled wires. <laughs> well, I'd like to get... How'd you make out? Did you finish the whole thing? To myself. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say to your sorrow. Well, I'd like to continue this conversation, but now it's time to win some money. In the race for the $1,000, John Burgoyne Ely and his partner are still leading with $200. Let's see how much money you can make. You select a literary quiz, and remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. You can take anything from 10 to 100. We would like... Number seven? Yes. Seven. Who is the author of the novels Death in the Afternoon, To Have and Have Not, and Farewell to Arms? 
Ernest Hemingway. The boy with a beard. That's right, Ernest Hemingway. Well, to a good start, you have $70. Now, what would you like? Number eight. Number eight. Okay. In 1919, Somerset Maugham wrote a novel supposedly based on the life of the French painter Gauguin. What was this novel? South Sea Setting. I've forgotten. You'll know it when I tell you. It's the moon and sixpence. Indeed. Well, we still have $70. All right. Now, what do you want? Let's try the next one. Number nine. Ben-Hur mm-hmm. was a bestseller as a novel and a big hit as a movie. Who wrote Ben-Hur? Wallace. General Lou Wallace is right. You now have $160. And is your last chance to beat the other couples? What are you going to try for? 100 100 100 One of the great novels at the turn of the century was Lord Jim. The story of a man's struggle to atone for cowardice. Who wrote it? Joseph Conrad. Joseph Conrad, also a man of the world. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth deal. And you wind up with $260. And that means that Professor Girdler and his partner with their $260 in just one minute will get the chance of the DeSoto Plymouth $1,000 question. George, would you give us the latest report on how the DeSoto Plymouth dealers used car campaign is going? I'll be glad to. The best bargains have my picture on them, you know. I sure do. Folks, the Groucho special campaign is a tremendous success. So many people have gone to their DeSoto Plymouth dealer for a good used car and said, Groucho sent me, that your DeSoto Plymouth dealer is doing something extra for Groucho's fans. He's taken the best used car bargains he has and put a special sticker on the windshield, marking the car a Groucho Special. Now, these Groucho Specials are unusually good cars, especially priced to make them the hottest values in town. You see, the overwhelming popularity of the 1954 DeSoto means that your DeSoto Plymouth dealer has obtained some really great used cars and trade. Many of them are late-model, one-owner cars. The very best will be the ones he selects as Groucho Specials. So don't miss out on this great opportunity. Tomorrow, first thing, go to your DeSoto Plymouth dealers and look for the used cars with the Groucho Special sticker. Sign of a used car that's a really outstanding buy. There may be one that's just the car you've been looking for. Yes, folks, the Groucho Special sticker is your dealer's way of showing you a real used car value. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. And now, Groucho, it's time to meet our winning couple once again, Professor Girdler and his partner, all set for the DeSoto Plymouth $1,000 question. All right, well, here we go for $1,000. i give you 15 seconds to decide out a single answer between you. Think carefully, and please no help in the audience. Ludwig von Beethoven, one of the greatest composers of all time, wrote only one opera. For $1,000, what was Beethoven's only opera? Talk it over. What is the answer you two have decided upon? We think it may be Percival. No, that was Wagner. This is Fidelio. So that means the big question next week will be worth $1,500. 
Well, they lost the big money, but how much did they win the quiz, George? Well, they won $260 in well, the quiz. Well, that's not too bad. Congratulations to both of you and to all of our contestants on the show tonight. Sorry, didn't win the big money. We're the dumb Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $1,500. And on Miss Groucho's television show, also brought to you by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember that the dealers who sell the outstanding 1954 DeSoto Automatic with fully automatic power flight transmission also have on display the remarkable new Plymouth, engineered and built to be your best buy in the low-priced field. DeSoto... Plymouth, two great new cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember, just be sure to see the DeSoto Automatic. Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. Good drivers don't brag about their ability to get out of tight spots. They stay out of them. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith, music by Jack Meekin. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You Bet Your Life is heard by our armed forces throughout the world.